When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Podcast that finally has dry socks after a weekend of howling wind and rain. We're in Glasgow City Centre, and in what feels a bit like a Terrace Podcast Glasgow mashup mix, I'm joined first of all by the podcast snappiest dresser, Craig Kells. Hello. <laughs> and finally, completing our terrific trio, uh, which because of the mashup feels a bit girl talk esque, I'm joined by Tom Watt. Hi. Hi. Hello, lads. First of all, the jilted um, Tom Watt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank everyone for their kind wishes to us all over the past few days. Uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us when we are genuinely, we've taken it all to heart and we are very, very thankful for everything that nice that everybody said about us. It has been a bit overwhelming, to be honest. So if we haven't got back to you, please don't feel that we're being rude. It's just gotten a bit daft. To Even be all the people that were negative on Jambo's kickback. <laughs> Even hello to you, particularly. <laughs> Um, today's show is going to be very Scottish Cup based um, We're going to do a quick run through of the other two league matches Which will be available on the Patreon Which you can sign up at, at patreon.com podcast. But to kick us off today uh, We're going to do a, a round of hotties or noughties So Craig, do you want to give us a hottie? Yes, I've got a hottie that was previously a naughty, And that is the Central Fife Times Twitter account Now... <laughs> It's hot again niche, because really niche. <laughs> it's it's finally figured out how to use Twitter again. Um, for a long time, they were just posting screenshots of a computer screen along with uh, a caption. Not even screenshots, like photos of a computer screen. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Thanks for correcting me. Yeah. So somebody holding their phone up to 
a computer screen and taking the picture uh, and then accompanying that with a, with the caption and no no link to the story. And then there was a few times when they would put a link, but it'd be a link to the homepage rather than to the article they were um, they were talking about. And um, there was also one point where the best one is just this, this picture of this woman, and it just says Margaret is spot on. So if you just if you just scroll back to February, <laughs> the end of February, and have a look, at it, it's, it's glorious. But yeah, unfortunately, they've started to work out how to use Twitter again, which is a little bit unfortunate. Although they did mention, because Cowden Beath got a mention in the yes. TV show adapted from this podcast, um, they did put a screenshot of, uh, say a screenshot again, it was a picture of a <laughs> computer screen which had on it a picture of Central Park and it said that they had got a mention in View from the Terrace. Indeed. Mm. Tom, do you want to give us a hottie? Uh, David Robertson. <laughs> uh, replacing Martin Bay in his Scottish football documentary Bay uh, he said the word fuck 80 times in 60 minutes now, I worked this out at 1.3 fucks per minute in the loop has 0.81 FTM which is pretty good going does this mean so that BBC, BBC Scotland are not allowed any more swearing on the no show no more swearing whatsoever. On, on, on any uh, show throughout the entire, entire schedule yeah. is that more than Goodfellas uh, I looked up it's not it's slightly it's not quite as good uh, as the FTM is slightly lower than Goodfellas, but it's roughly comparable with Reservoir Dogs. Okay, okay. <laughs> excellent. I did do quite a lot of research. <laughs> in it. I got lost down a hole in, in this, but yeah, for, pretty good, uh, good. For thirty seconds of content, hats off to you, man. Yeah, hats yeah. off to you. Excellent. Uh, I've got. A, I've actually been really dull and, and done a footballing hottie. Uh, I've done George Oakley, um, and I realised we're about a week late with this, but due to timings and how podcasts Wednesdays or Mondays and Thursdays, whatever else. Um, but he was voted SPFL Goal of the Month uh, for February with his outrageous Van Baskin, Van Baskin, Van Basten volley against Aberdeen, which he probably meant. I'm going to give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt because he know like he's an Aki centre forward, and I realise he's only been there for a very short period of time. But he knows fine well that there's not another Aki's player in that box because he's an Aki centre forward. Like you've been there for ten minutes, you realise there's not a huge amount of support. It's essentially you, and then somewhere behind you is Matthew Kogallan. He'll eventually get there, but it's not going to be right there. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for it. And uh, as well as that, just unbelievable goal, unbelievable finish. And I don't think I'm alone in this, but I'm going to hold my hands up and admit that I did not anticipate George Oakley to have the impact that yeah. he's had at Hamilton Aki. scored a double a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so he's, right? he's essentially he scored a double against St Johnston. So he's essentially grabbed them six points in two games, which you like in no way did anyone think Hamilton Aki's going to take six points off of St Johnston and Aberdeen. Again, got to do enough. Rangers, nobody, nobody's worried about that. But these but just doing what Hamilton always. Yeah, do. those, those six points could be absolutely crucial. I, I, I presume we'll come on to that. I, I think in the Patreon when we talk about uh, Hamilton Aki's and St Mirren and Dundee in there as well. Um, but yeah, he's he's very much my hottie at the moment because he's he's really proven a lot of people wrong. I don't think it was a huge amount of people thought he was going to fire Aki's to safety. Uh, do we have any more hotties? Uh, I've got Stevie Crawford. Yeah. Um, what happened? I, like, I, I feel like I tuned out for yeah. about 10 minutes and somehow they're now in the playoffs. I think that's pretty much what happened. Everyone <laughs> looked the other way and were like, oh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, took over and they were in a pretty bad place and somehow it got worse. Uh, immediately getting pumped 3-0 off Wraith wasn't a great start, but they did really well in January. They 
signed well, Ryan Blair and Bruce Anderson, I mean, great signings. Uh, Particularly they, as well, they lost Aidan Keena in that yeah, period of time as well, who'd been the, who'd been the, the, kind of, the, the bright spark in the yeah. Thurman season. Um, but he seems to have settled the defence down uh, four consecutive wins now, and only the teams above them have done that this season. Four clean sheets as four well. Four clean sheets, exactly. Um, Aloha up next, and nobody in the Championships won five in a row this season. So they could be the first ones to win five in a row. And you, I think they look pretty good pretty good value for a, a, a playoff spot. Brilliant. There goes some of my uh, Patreon content. <laughs> we can recycle it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I've, got my, I've got another hottie, which is the Scotland women's national team, uh, who have continued the preparation for their visit to France for the Women's World Cup in the Algarve Cup. Al- Al- I'm really struggling with speaking today. In the Algarve Cup, uh, went down one nothing with a, a late penalty to Canada uh, in, in the last week, um, and I'm now uh, in the fifth place playoff, which I realise doesn't sound hugely impressive, but they were they did not qualify for the top group on the basis of I think it was goals scored, um, and they absolutely bodied Iceland for one uh, as well with what was a series of exceptionally good fun goals, particularly the last one, which is very much digging out the highlights for, uh, where it's basically headed into the ground um, from about eight yards out. It's great, it's really good, and you just continue to run it into the net. But the Iceland game in particular was hugely impressive, as more than anything else, with the last sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes, all of the all of the Iceland players looked absolutely knackered, and the Scottish team just continued, were running over the top of them all over the pitch which has got to be a good sign and hopefully it's a, a a bit of growth from all of them being sort of full-time now until the World Cup as well. So hopefully that's making a big difference for them. But yeah, they looked absolutely terrific in that game. And Iceland are a team ranked sort of roughly the same sort of level as Scotland, a couple of places below, and they absolutely pumped them. Like It wasn't even a contest. And as I say, just missed out on and, and ending up in the top group, which I think would have been like a, a third and fourth place playoff for them as well. So in the fifth place, playing Denmark tomorrow, which will be Friday at quarter past one. So yep. What not? Uh, I've got another. I've got a naughty here. Um, I've got f- going for banners. Yes, I think there, there's been a banners are cancelled. Quite a spate of them recently, um, and I'm not talking necessarily about getting offended, offended by any or anything like that. It's just they seem to be. It's been really prevalent. There's just been loads recently, yeah. and they're just they're nonsense. They're not like Hearts fans embarrassed themselves with the one they took last night. Um, saying weak days are for replays and then they are played to a replay um, Celtic Celtic had one at um, Easter Road that I got bored reading halfway through because it was so bloody long it just shouldn't be that long um, it should be short and snappy Celtic's banners this year have really not looked great in hindsight like no. all, all of them have kind of come back pretty the, the Boyata one didn't really age all that well the Valencia win <laughs> that one was brilliant yeah did he not score the winning goal in that yes, game yes <laughs> and nobody knew whether to boo applaud or whatever was going on but yeah and then Valencia win obviously it turns out Celtic were afraid of the bat so yeah it didn't turn out all that well and there was also oh god um, Rangers Steve Clark Steve win Kilmarnock's um, weird Steve Clark win Morelos. Morelos. And they all seem to be written in a similar font, which Rob pointed out is like the Spider-Man font yeah. from 2004 or whatever. Um, and also, who's making these? Is it the same person that's making them and distributing them to... to are they making them to order? Or, I mean, or is it just a bunch of guys that stay up all night to, to make think, them the, the, the day before a game? take a, a leaf out the like early 2000s WWE book. And just you're you're allowed a banner, but you're allowed it on like an A one sheet of 
card and you've got to take personal responsibility for what it is. And then you do get like quite witty, informative, and like funny really things. niche references. Exactly. Well, well, so along those lines, it's appealed on my Twitter this morning. Somebody was at whatever last night's wrestling is called, and um, with a big uh, one of those big cars that just said Final Fantasy VIII was underrated. Well. <laughs> Correct. Again, absolutely <laughs> fine. If you can get it on that sign, that's what you get. That's what you get to see. And unlikely to stir up huge controversy in the, in the paper. Oh, I reckon, I reckon that's going to stir up some well, fair controversy. Yeah. Uh, I've got a naughty, which is uh, Dundee Football Club, um, who have gone from looking like, yeah, sure, they're, they're fine and they'll be safe, to essentially that boy out of the Wicker Man uh, going, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ, over and over again. And a series of games where they haven't actually played Badly at any point at all, really. I mean, they've been defensively up and down, but again, Dundee have been defensively up and down for the past decade, more or less. But I've looked like they're in games and they looked like they're improving, but are now below Aki's, what, a point ahead of St. Mirren, I think it is now. And again, despite having improved and everyone said they're, they're looking an awful lot more solid, they're looking more safe, they're looking real, they're in such bother, and still the. With County picking up points at the top of the championship, the possibility of a Dundee Derby playoff is edging ever closer. Which I don't know. I mean, I I I, I fear for the city of Dundee. I'm not I'm not I'm not sure the either fan base is mentally. The, the last time when Dundee United were relegated at Dens, kind of left that either fan base in a, in a very odd place. Where Dundee fans were delighted, but still in the knowledge that they weren't very good. <laughs> Dundee United fans were absolutely. Crestfallen, destroyed, and then they had another derby just after it in the Betfred Cup. two in the Betfred Cup, back to back, but again, never really had that same sort of edge. If there's a Dundee derby playoff, neither fan base, I, I think that it'll just be a collective arse collapse for about a roughly 200,000 people. Um, can't, don't really know how to follow that. Um, <laughs> naughty Lee Congerton, who apparently <laughs> <laughs> segueing seamlessly, um, set to leave Celtic. And it's not so much because of the... He's never won Celtic fans over for pretty good reason. Because he sounds like a bad out of cartoon. He does sound like a bad out of cartoon. And his <laughs> scouting, a lot of his scouting seems to basically be look up good teams on Wikipedia <laughs> and find the players who aren't in the, Like, you know, you can't really take a huge amount of credit for signing strikers from PSG who aren't getting the game, one of whom is a son of a World Player of the Year. Value uh, over 7 million. Yeah. Filter. Interested foreign-based. Yeah, it's just having a dig through the football manager database. Yeah. Olivia Nishapur, so, so you scouted one of the best players in the world on Wikipedia. Benkovic, yeah, some credit for the fact that you signed from that, but he was a £13 million, 20-year-old, 19-year-old. And the ones that seem to have... There, there's a punt taken on... Benu, uh, Comper, and the rest just falling short. However, that's not why I think he should be a naughty. It, I would have thought he should have just been like launched into the Clyde as soon as Rogers was out the door. But it's the fact he wants to leave, and they want to give him a like a better position. The other story is that he they want to promote him and presumably give him a longer contract and. If he's going to be like part of the director of football hierarchy, then more money and more which responsibility. Means, which means that either need to hope someone comes and takes him later or pay him off yeah. if it continues to go in this way. It's like, you know, congratulations on your less than stellar job. We would like to make it more secure and give you a promotion. <laughs> uh, what, why do you want to leave? No, it's, that's the dream. Anyway, uh, I, have, I have one final naughty, which is actually me. 
um, as I'm a Motherwell fan that travelled to Kilmarnock and bought not one but two pies because I was very hungover and a lot of juice so and a pint as well so it was dark fruit so I'm a really terrible Motherwell fan so I'm indeed a naughty um, as well so I have to just admit that to, to the <laughs> listeners hey, One quick uh, hottie I've got Liam Henderson he's playing in Serie B Yep <laughs> Great Right, so we'll after this diversion, we'll, we'll, we'll shift on to some actual football from the weekend. Um, so we'll start off with um, Hibernian nil, Celtic 2, with James Forrest and Scott Brown sending Celtic as one of the two teams that are actually in the semi-finals um, past Hibs. Uh, Hibs were not very good, eh? No, they, they started the match as if they intended to press Celtic, which a lot of teams that have had success against yep. Celtic... Have, I mean, it can be suicide sometimes when Celtic are on their game, uh, and maybe that's why they sensed it uh, and retreated. But yeah, it seemed to be the first 10 minutes or so or something, Hibs kind of went after Celtic, and then they retreated for the rest of the match. And I don't know, apart from apart from some nice, neat passages of play, um, they never really did anything. They never really laid a glove on Celtic, and it was quite it was quite disappointing given Celtic, the Celtic side's recent record at Easter Road uh, and um, given Paul Heckenbottom's quite bright start. I mean, yeah. this was the first real test I suppose he's had, but uh, yeah, it was it was very disappointing from Hibs in the end. Yeah, it, it was almost like both sides looked quite nervy, but Celtics sort of were expecting something that didn't ever really seem to arrive. I mean, Hibs had a couple of, not really chances, but they did get in behind a couple of times in the first half, but there was no conviction whatsoever. There was no... They didn't look like they were. They didn't look like they were aware of how nervy Celtic had looked early on when like passes were going out of uh, out out of play, and Celtic didn't seem to have any great fluidity. They had a couple of half chances, but yeah, really hard to to kind of tell what to make of it from from uh, a Hibs point of view. I mean, it, it has slightly disturbed me that it, it was referred to, obviously, you know, Neil Lennon being the, the link. And as a result of searching Twitter for uh, this Lennon derby, I um, there are an awful lot of pencil drawings of Neil Lennon and other Celtic players in kind of vaguely homoerotic poses that have been drawn in the last two weeks. Don't look it up, but it's a thing. It's a thing. I like, saw. It. I'm, de- I mean, I'm definitely going to look it up. Lentai. De- definitely, definitely going to look that up. Yeah, there's, there's. It's a thing. There's like a sub, sub Twitter culture of like Kieran Tierney and Neil Lennon together at last. Scott Brown and Neil Lennon back together. So yeah, I mean that's nothing necessarily to do with the football, but I just wanted to get in because it was so terrifying that I stumbled across it um, with people actually selling them online. I don't know. I don't know how to. Anyway, back to the football. Um, yeah, Hibs were weirdly. I thought they, were, they they had an awful lot of men behind the ball, but they were also incredibly open, which yeah. is a really strange. It's, it's the, the setup. one. The one for me is uh, Milligan. Is the sort of Milligan when he was signed and presumably was on good wages. And I think all of us reckoned that. I don't think, again, we need to hold our hands up. But I think all of us looked at Milligan and sort of thought, really good sort of pedigree, has a lot of experience, has played at a quite high level. Um, and sticking him in that midfield, which last year obviously was a lot of fun, but was a bit leaky and, and not the most sort of practical going forward, particularly with the loss of the players that he had. But he seems kind of unable to make it past an hour in the game. The pace mm-hmm. of the game seems to really pass him by. When he first came in, the record with him in the side was excellent. He didn't concede a goal for his... I mean, he came on 
they come on at Celtic Park for his debut or something like that and they didn't concede after he came on even though they had before then and then he started the next five or something and they didn't concede a goal it was something along those lines and yeah he looked like he was like the perfect kind of screening midfielder that yeah. could also get his foot on the ball um, that they had been missing and I know he's kind of been moved position a little bit uh, by being moved into centre half and that kind of thing but yeah you're right he just he seems to be for that second goal especially was it this no it was the first goal and yeah he, he got taken off just after that and um, yeah he, he looked none and then the man that replaced him Bartley was even worse Bartley the first thing he did was kick the ball at the park trying to find a teammate and then for the second goal he gets caught in possession tries to blame somebody else at the end of it as well but he gets caught in possession and um, yeah I mean but it was Brown that won it off him and then eventually um Hammers into the net. It was a very um, aesthetically pleasing goal. Yes. It was one of those ones, as soon as he worked that um, yard of space for himself, you knew it was going in the net, just the, the way he's been finishing recently. I think that's his third and four games or something. But um, just the emphaticness of the finish was very pleasing it to was, see. It was one of those strikes which seemed to be getting faster the further it went away. <laughs> like it, it defies all. It was like an Armand Oni strike where it, yeah. it, it looks as if it's getting faster the further away it gets from, which makes no sense at yeah. all. And to be honest, if he had put that wide, he would have killed someone. I was going to say, I was about to say, yeah, I was really, the Celtic fans behind the goal must have been delighted it hit the net because otherwise, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He must, have, he must have envisaged someone. It's one of the like the only Rogers, way you, Brendan you, Rogers. you, you <laughs> Rogers' head just popped up above and he puts foot through it. Yeah, um Scott Brown, it's he's got three I think it's three and six in all competitions, but that's him matched his goal tally for the previous hundred and seventy five games. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's he, he, but he's not really in goal scoring positions that often. He hasn't been that player for Celtic for a long time. He's, I mean he does occasionally have these weird like hot flashes of form. I mean I think he's got he's got Sixty career goals ever, and you know a, a run of goals at the moment. And he had a run in twenty eleven twelve where he got six in ten. So like huge percentages of his career goal tallies in very short periods of time. So he just obviously gets his eye in. And <laughs> he scored. Like, was it back to back for Scotland? He scored. They scored two quite close together for Scotland. Yes, I'm sure there was Norway Czech and Czech Republic. Republic. Yeah, right. can't remember how close together they were. Yeah. Uh, can I just highlight that I think it's absolutely mental that I, so I'm stopping short of saying that, Celtic, that he's Celtic's best player but I'm going to say that he's Celtic's if there's an MVP it's James Forrest by miles and miles and miles yeah I mean he's had a bit of a lull because uh, he started the season on fire he was far and away the best player yeah. in the country for the, at the start of the season for the first few months or whatever but just over, over the past two years and you forget that James Forrest is 27 you think James Forrest is approaching or is already 30 is pushing that mm-hmm. He's 27 years old and every time over the past, say, two and a half, three years that Celtic have needed somebody to do something, it's always Forrest. Every single time it's Forrest. It's Forrest and Rosenberg. Um, it's Forrest when the St. Johnston game earlier this season in the middle of the, the Empire Strikes Back of that trilogy when they played Straff, when they played St. <laughs> Johnston. When Celtic were just struggling and toiling and St. Johnston were digging and digging, doing really well. Again, it wasn't a great goal that he scored, but he was there. It was the Tans are sleeping at the back post and, and Forrest appeared. Forrest scores because he's the guy that makes the difference on the day as well. It's him scoring the goals that, that set them off in the League Cup final. Um it's it's him well, it was the last year Celtic played Thistle again in the Scottish Cup and, and scored a hat trick as they won three two. He just bailed Scotland out this season. and again, as well as that, Scott his goals for Scotland this season have been absolutely brilliant and just every time I mean, it's, it's possibly biased by the fact that every time 
Forrest plays motherly seems to score as well but if, every time Celtic need a goal from someone and need somebody to step up and do something it's always James Forrest and it just the, the more I think about it the more I think it's mad that people don't think that he's the key he's the, to me he's the key, the key part of that Celtic well team. he always had the physical attributes it's just he took a number of years to put an end product to his game and Rodgers coached him uh, uh, to, to have that or to be better at that and yeah, I mean, like you say, he's 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 been he's been one of Celtic's best players for the last couple of years. That that goal specifically, um, I think it's a bit harsh to say. Marciano maybe should have saved it. Um, I think it goes past handling. Marciano can't really react until it's past handling, and I just think the sheer power and pace yeah. on it. I know it wasn't right in the top corner, but I just think that I think it's the power and the shot that that takes it past Marciano rather than the accuracy of it. I, I mean, I think if if Marciano had been like a, a yard further back, like from you closer on, I mean, but he doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't. Yeah. Know what's, he's then it. got a little bit more time to react. I yeah, suppose, if, I mean, if he if he he was quite far off his line from mm-hmm. the time it was hit, but you know it was hit and he couldn't see it coming. But just the way he point. worked the angle and the, the yeah. yard as well. I mean, I know we've mentioned that um, uh, Milligan was quite leggy by that point and. Slivka actually got done for both goals, but uh, I mean he still had to he still had to beat what was in front of him, and overall it was a cracking goal. Smashing! So we will move on to the next game, uh, which we have as Dundee United one, uh, Inverness Caledonia this one. Fair play, Inverness. By the way, they have been the standout, or they have been involved in the standout match, live match in the last two rounds now. Um, I can't remember exactly all four matches that were on. The previous round, but there was another boring Celtics and Johnston game. Um, I, I remember the others not quite living up to it, but that Monday night one between Ross County and Inverness was brilliant, and the replay looked just as good, even though you either had to watch it on Periscope or just watch highlights. Um, but yeah, this again, I think this was the the game of the weekend again. I thought you were going to say fair play, fair play to them for actually winning a game of football, so. for not drawing, for making it look like teasing us. With another, <laughs> the, the, they really, they really did, draw. they really did push it there as well. Really <laughs> did get, really did offer that as an opportunity. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, as you say, it was an absolutely fantastic game. Uh, we saw a goal from Joe Chalmers. Uh, one who knew he had that in him. Do you know that was actually going to be one of my other naughties And that, again, me um, for. Making fun of Joe Chalmers for ages, um, because inevitably his, his goal was absolutely. We we'll talk about that first of all. His goal was absolutely sensational. Yeah, from from kind of from a below par left back to quite a competent midfielder to a right winger. Yeah, what's happened yeah. there? Yeah. And scored one sensational goal and then nearly scored another <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was I was still reeling from the fact that he scored the first one and then the, the cross the second one came in. As soon as it left his foot, I was out. You know, you just look at that. It's in. It's definitely in. I'm going to look like a dick here. Um, no, no, apparently not. Thank you. Thank you for the, the, the Tamalese crossbars on that one. But yeah, he was absolutely terrific. He, they just didn't really know quite what to do with him. They just kept stepping inside away from people. Well, they had lost um, to United just a couple of days before. And they said after the game that they had deliberately switched up a bit. They had rested Doran for that game, brought him back in. So he was fit for the cup game, basically. Um, and... They, they tweak things and that was to bring uh, Trafford into the midfield and put Chalmers on the right wing and it's it's worked a treat it was yeah absolutely fantastic stuff from it for, for his first strike as well and for the majority of the game barring about sort of five ten minutes United weren't really in the game at all no yeah it was it was really strange I mean 
it seemed like even amongst the the fans, there was a certain like I mean, Robbie Nielsen said in the build up that you know there's a lot of pressure on us, and it seemed like they felt it. I mean, I don't know whether that was anything to do with him saying that, but, you know, it was a decent crowd there. It sounded like a really good atmosphere, but it looked like they really felt like the pressure was on them. Like, they didn't really ever get going. They lose a goal, admittedly. It was a great goal. They're handed a penalty, which was pretty soft. And you thought at that point, right, OK, you're back in it and you can, you, the, the, you've got the players go out and play it and they never did at, no, at any point they they just retreated as soon as they as soon as they equalised they retreated again and again and it almost looked like I mean what was strange as well was the, the sort of fan reaction was ah it's fine we'll get on with the league we've got more important things to do as if like, they they basically played for a draw <laughs> and you know Cali are pretty good at that as well <laughs> but they basically played for a draw you know the only thing that would be worse than than a, a, another game would be you know another replay and you've got to go up to Inverness. It's, it was bizarre that there was this sort of ambivalence about the fact you could be in a Scottish Cup semi final. It's not going to take an awful lot away from your your league campaign. I mean, to be um, fair, that's that's only the, that's only the fans that were that at Tannadice on, on Sunday. There'll be the other twenty thousand that would have gone to Hamden that are absolutely raging at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and you talk about uh, they played like a team that were under pressure. They've been a team under pressure for about four and a half years now, so maybe coming out and saying, like, putting pressure on them before, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't really have any effect. Yeah, like, it felt like, like the pressure may be lifted in the last <laughs> few games. No, 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 we're back under pressure, boys. But like you said, they beat them like less than a week ago. And, and to say, oh, we're under pressure now, but you, you literally At just home, beat them. Yeah, yeah like, this home. is utter, utterly bizarre. They, I mean, it, and another really bizarre thing, like, Dundee United have had a huge squad. Yeah. They've used 42 players this season. Yeah, and ridiculous. he effectively signed uh, a new start at 11 in January or he, he, yeah. he could put out 11 new signings if he wanted to but yeah he pretty much overhauled well, the entire starting lineup. again on the United Twitter it's a strange place to be but you know I, 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 would, I, I wouldn't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's an awful lot of pride in how good the reserves are at the moment <laughs> the reserves <laughs> are scoring a lot of goals you're like yeah yeah no wonder they're like a lot of first team experience in there and you don't have enough in it to switch it around for a Scottish Cup quarter-final. So, uh, speaking of small time, um, I just wanted to mention how much I enjoyed it. Late into the second half and right up until the very end, Dundee United fans were still booing every touch from Cole Donaldson, which I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed every minute of. Like, it's a real dedication to the bit. I, I, yeah, like Cole Donaldson, guy who had a poor time with Dundee United, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. but yeah, left... Said it was poisonous and then got booed the entire time. So, yeah, fair play to Cole Donaldson, mainly because I, I, I can't say anything against him because he'll eat me. <laughs> eat, eat. Well, that's two rounds in a row now he's got it right up the opposition fans. Just on that as well. So, I, I, I we'll get to that in a minute. So, I, I presume we're looking at McMullen's penalty and saying no. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I, I can understand why the referee's given it. There is contact there when it happens at full speed. It, there has been contact. Apparently what the Inverness players were annoyed by and what John Robertson was annoyed by was the foul in the build-up less the actual penalty decision. But that was... Robertson was saying that before he had reviewed the decision. So, yeah, I think it was very soft. McMullen has gone... He's he's, he's thrown himself down, yes. But um, there was a bit of contact there, so I can kind of sympathise with the referee why it's been given. Fair enough. Thought it was... I, I, for me, it was just a bit soft. Really soft. In the game. And again, fitting... It felt terribly unfair at the time as well, less so now because obviously United mm-hmm. get beat, mm-hmm. but 
I, I felt terribly unfair at the time given that this, they'd offered nothing in the game particularly. Um, one thing, uh, just what I was going to say as well, I f- the one thing I felt really cheated of was uh, the boy uh, Jordan White just after Austin nodded in from that, uh, which I think it was offside. If you watch White in the coverage, he is absolutely giving it to the shed and then the whistle blows. <laughs> and he just immediately looks obviously as sheepish as you would do after, after absolutely getting right into them. And then when the winning goal finally came in, he went to kind of do it again. But it was just that little bit more restrained, just in case. But given <laughs> he looks over, yeah, his just shoulder. just making sure that he's definitely, definitely, definitely okay to get it right up them. Um, and again, the offside I thought was was again really. It's a tough one to call. Yeah, yeah. At that point, you were sort of. You wondering. can't really blame the officials no, for giving it no. either way at that point no. because yeah, it was it was between um, was Hark's foot and uh, Austin's shoulder and I mean uh, even even on a still frame it was yeah. difficult for me to wonderful see uh, wonderful header if, if nothing else it was yeah shameful that but as well. the, the United fullbacks had an absolute nightmare yeah they were not having they it they had an absolute nightmare obviously culminating in uh, Charlie Seaman just completely switching off for the winning goal I mean you could see how you could see well, how Mark, angry Mark Connolly was Connolly's face <laughs> man absolutely sensitive I'd actually completely yeah. he doesn't even aim it at Seaman he just he just, just has a few minutes Tantrum, he just like yeah, big fan. Really, like really enjoyed every single moment of his tantrum. It was very good. But again, to for what I think it was Robertson said himself, like pretty much the smallest man on the part to get an un, what is essentially unmarked header at the back post is not a great look for anybody in there particularly. Yeah, um, yeah I thought I, I, like, as you say, I, I just thought it was an absolutely smashing game and really enjoyed uh, John Robertson sort of. Jim Leesman slash uh, Neil Lennon celebration at the end. It's becoming a much more of a thing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Managers running on the pitch, so that's Lennon's done it twice. There was the Klopp one, obviously, early yep. in the season. It's a different competition, I know. But um, And now John Robertson, yeah, it's becoming yeah. a real thing. And Scott Kelleher, they were both on there. Absolutely. They did a big belly bash <laughs> together. <laughs> they did a big kind of like two, like a tag team wrestler uh, <laughs> wrestling duo. Uh, Robbo, and, Robbo and Kelleher, the <laughs> Intercontinental Tag Team Champions. The, the Natural Disasters. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, so that will take us on to Aberdeen one, Rangers one. Uh, goes from Sankovsky and Joe Warrell. Um, it's kind of bizarre that in a game which still had a million talking points, this is the Aberdeen Rangers game which has the least to talk about this season. Just about like, well, um, so many things going on in the game, so many different stories within the game. But this one was. Relatively quiet, at least not to get put off. Yeah, no one got sent off. Well, neither Scott McKenna or Alfredo Morales got sent off. Uh, there wasn't anything like Ryan Jack didn't noise anyone up. There was no real contentious decisions. It was actually just a really pretty decent game of football. Um, both teams went at it. Um, I thought it, it it was a kind of throwback to it was a cliche, good old fashioned cup tie. I thought. Um, Aberdeen had most of the initiative, certainly for the first half, but Rangers were really, really good on the counter-attack. Sort of role reversal from some of the cup games um, a, a decade ago when uh, Rangers were kind of the, the in this end. I thought uh, Conor McLennan was excellent. Shinny and Lowe were, were really good. Um, Sam Cosgrove now has more goals in 2019 than Leo Messi. <laughs> Which is still weird Tom, you're to say. That's sort of on fire. <laughs> McLennan's a fair to say that McLennan's the, in terms of all the youngsters that have broken through, and I know there's not been a ton over McInnes's reign, but is he the one that's fit in the most naturally? Do you think he just looks like a first team player and doesn't need games to kind of get up to speed? I, I think. I mean, it's, 
naturally he he runs like he just runs and runs and runs and he gets back and forward and he covers his full back and sometimes it means he only has an hour in him even at 20 21 whatever he is um i think that he's probably been unlucky not to play more games this season cuz now mcginn's been iffy form Gary McKay stevens had iffy form um and i think mcclennan's got more certainly more assists than both of them put together and probably the same amount of goals, give or take. Um, but I thought he was excellent. And, f- I mean, he, he he does go down quite easily. I thought the first one was a penalty. He was he got booked for diving, and absolutely rightly so, and was kind of... could easily have been sent off for yeah. a, for another one. That was... That, you know, was just kind of needs to. There's no, there's no need to do it because he, you know, he's fast and quick enough, quick enough feet that he. Can. It was just it, that one's just tired legs. Yes, yeah. he's just got no no more left in him. Um, after I mean, like you say, the amount of graft he puts in is unbelievable. And again, talk about young players coming at the team. Whatever you're doing, if you're covering ground, people are going to back you. Like people yeah. are going to get on. People are going to get on save you yeah. one way or another. And I, I think that particularly, I mean. It's not. It's it's been a really strange season for Aberdeen because they've kind of had fits and starts. But he's been certainly the most exciting of the attacking threat. I mean, Cosgrove's been a weird it's X an, factor it's to really, it. Really it's odd, just it? too weird to quite comprehend. Even, even now, and you know that he's like obviously when he when he, when he arrived at Aberdeen, it was a case of oh, great. We've bought another goal pile and brilliant. Um, <laughs> and it's just. The, the more you watch him, you fully understand why somebody looked at him and went, or why McInnes looked at him and went, you can be really something for us. But even watching him now, he still looks like a big, awkward guy, finding himself in odd positions and odd body shapes. But as you say, he's just so effective in every way. I, I, just, I don't understand that at all. I really don't. I'm, it makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, he's like, he's that physical 50p piece. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all s- angles. Similar. And- he's, he's like a sort of, but it just uh, rolls right at the moment, and it's yeah. Like, and as I say, I don't, I don't mean to be unkind about it. And he's a sort of skinny Michael Higdon sort of <laughs> character, and none of this makes any sense. But it keeps working. You, you yeah. fully understand why. He um, does miss some really glaring chances, though. He does yeah. have that, even during his scoring streak recently. I mean, he fluffed one against Queen of the South, I think, for a hat trick. That's just the only one that comes to mind, but there has been a couple others. He he does still have that kind of like really bad miss in him, but you can't argue with that uh, scoring rate he has. At yeah, the moment. and I think, I mean, amongst one of the reasons that the, it's been a slightly inconsistent season is, it, I think I'm right. I think I'm right in saying it's the youngest starting, like, average age of starters in the league this season. Um, and Cosgrove's only twenty two. If he was, you know, if he if he'd come up through the ranks, Aberdeen. The, People would have been a little more forgiving of him early doors, but um, I thought the game was—it was a really good game. I thought um, Kent and Tavernier were really dangerous for Rangers. Uh, Morelos on the counter attacks as well—he was devastating. He on the was really good. Um, Morelos was surprisingly quiet and slightly odd that Gerard didn't make any substitutions to, to, to try and change it up. But it's really odd that it goes. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what the psychology is that this now goes to a replay, knowing what's what who lies in wait. And um, on top of that, as well, you go into the replay knowing that there's no Ryan Jack. It's looking like he was. I think he left Petrosi in a walking boot, and there's been depending on who you listen to today, season there's a chance his season is over, um, which obviously is a huge loss uh, for Rangers in there as well. But then Cosgrove is out for Aberdeen as well, which is a, a, another huge loss for them. And I guess. 
who plays for Aberdeen then? Is it, is it Wilson? Do you go back to him? Or do we look at McGinn through the middle? Or I've, I've no idea. I mean, the, I it's, think a real, it's a real loss of Patter fans more than anything else. <laughs> I think he'll probably play uh, Stevie May. Yeah. He'll play Stevie May and, and Greg Stewart. And in theory, that, in theory, I mean, if you went back like three or four years and told anyone that, that those two were playing <laughs> together, they'd be like, what? Um, in league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just a fair result on the day. Andrew Considine missed a couple of pretty good chances and uh, Alan McGregor had a couple of really good saves. But yeah, fair result. And Gerard moaning afterwards was a bit... He's, he's, I don't know, he's got this in him where he has this... I mean, I'm not sure what he's complaining about. Why why is a team not allowed to train on their own pitch the day before a game? It was also weird that he was complaining about the aerial threat when the most dangerous player on the park was Conor McLennan for the first half anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he's about four foot three and just... But yeah, I, I, yeah, if, he's not, if he's not digging out his own players, then he seems to be um, just coming out with some strange shit about Scottish football in general or his opponents. I thought I thought it was really weird because I felt that the game was sort of fifteen twenty minutes to go really turned to right. Let's not lose. Let's, mm. no, nobody was really willing to take a chance, and particularly yeah. as you said, Rangers not making any substitutions. I thought was really weird as well because it's not like they don't have bodies available for that, and that dropping McCrory into midfield gives you a slightly different dynamic in there. Or you've got Halliday who can come on for Barisic and again offer something a little bit different from there. And you've got Jermaine Defoe there as well. And these are all different players who can offer just a slightly different element to what's there. So you've been doing it for an hour, 70 minutes. The game has been fairly even. I possibly are probably shaving, shading it just towards Aberdeen because they have had more possession throughout the game. But you've got these game changers on the bench. And again, there was no movement. There was no opportunity or no sort of thought of, well, we give it another go with something else. I, I thought it was just a bit weird, particularly in, in how he responded afterwards as well and how the game petered out. And the fact that they've spent all—I mean, I know Davis hasn't quite worked out, but they've—they've they've gone out and they've got Defoe and Davis, two kind of marquee signers in January to give them that extra push. And okay, he tried Davis for a few games and it didn't work out, and he's dropped them. But surely Defoe should be getting more of a look in at that point. I mean, his, his goal rate's been pretty decent since he came in, and I'm not saying he should start ahead of Morelos or necessarily yeah. alongside mm-hmm. Morelos because they have to change the formation, and when they've done that, it's not really worked out. But it's a different threat that he offers as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I said, they've gone out and got these sign-ins, and they're still playing the same players that they had before the January transfer window. Yeah. And it's slightly strange. As, I mean, it's not like it's fine, we'll take them back to Ibrox and finish the job. And obviously Rangers will be favourites, but it's not like a cut and dried one by any stretch. And also, these games could easily finish with, you know, you could finish, you could win and have two red cards and injuries and all sorts because that's what's happened in almost every single one of these games so far this season. If anything, what Rangers don't want is to play Aberdeen again because this is is not going well for them. They've won and drawn at Ibrox this season, haven't they? So, yeah, I mean... I know they've just said they're, they're missing one of their key players up front, but they've got a decent record at Ibrox. Uh, at the more recent record, I think there was a win, was it last season as well? And for a long time, yeah. that wasn't the case. Yeah. They, they couldn't buy yeah, The fear factors kind of hold off of that. Moving on to the final game, uh, the Scottish Cup weekend, um, where we discovered that, as Craig rightly pointed out earlier, that weekdays are indeed for replays. Um, <laughs> as Partick Thistle came back to equalise against uh, Hearts and a... A, a weird and quite <sighs> fun game. I, like it was a weird game, but I quite enjoyed the whole experience. Does this? What was Joel's wording for his song? Does he have to sing? 
Was it If Hearts Don't Win or If Partick Thistle Won? Well, it's recorded. It's on iPlayer. We can go check we'll it go out. We'll go check it on iPlayer. Yeah. <laughs> make sure we we'll go through it with a fine tooth no, comb. he put in the WhatsApp group that he said, if they don't progress, I think was the mm. words that he used in the WhatsApp group. So yep. unless he's trying to pull a fast one, um, he still doesn't have to sing Sunshine on Leith. And it's certainly not going to be in this, this uh, <laughs> week's episode adapted from the podcast. Yeah, um, but... In actual football, it was it was quite an entertaining game. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Uche was endlessly entertaining. <laughs> I love Uche. Um, I would like to see uh, Stephen McLean. If some, if one of the stat guys could uh, do me Stephen McLean's touch map, because as far as I know, I think it's just a blank sheet. I think he started the game well, but then he just he just yeah he just he, he went missing after it. Hearts. If Hearts weren't good at set pieces, I'm not sure we'd score a goal. We <laughs> see, right, bombarded see. them with many, some very inventive set pieces for uh, a lot of that first half. Hearts looked comfortable, but that's just because um, uh, Thistle were a blunt instrument. But if Hearts weren't causing bother from set pieces, they wouldn't have been causing bother see this, at all. See this idea that Hearts are good for set, good from set pieces, right? Hearts do weird things from set pieces, but see, even the one that you scored from... It was a big shin in yeah. the box from Nuccio. Like, <laughs> no, no. like what, what that first, what he was meant to do with that first ball, I have no idea because it definitely wasn't swing your leg at it and hit it with your shin on a bear. Not a chance in the world. So I have no idea what he was meant to do there. I think it was just supposed to be an element of surprise that he was to make that late run and put the ball in the box. I'm not sure if they had planned to put it in a certain area of the box yeah. or to pick out a certain player. But if you put it, I don't know if you put it in high hearts. Hearts are a big side. They've got a lot of big players in there. So. One of them is likely to kind of get on it. Um, but yeah, he shinned it. You're right. Hearts hearts have been quite inventive at set pieces, but there's been lots that have gone wrong as well. Pazanic like hitting every single one in the first match. Yeah, the second half he was infuriating. I don't know why he was still on corners. He was better at throwing the ball in the box than he was at kicking it for a footballer as mental. Um, and yeah, other than other than when Hearts hit the bar twice in quick succession, they really didn't bother Thistle from open play that much. Uh, Uchi was a handful as always, but Uchi isn't going to score you tons and tons of goals. He seems to need to goal scorer alongside him. Um, and Thistle, I mean, all credit to them, they scored with their only shot on target in the match. Uh, but they looked like I mean their tails were up after that, and they 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 looked more likely to score after that. But um, it's very it's very disappointing from a Hearts point of view to see them so comfortable in the first half and see how poor Thistle were and how easily Thistle were giving up possession in their own half to then the inevitable happening and uh, and and Hearts having to play them in a replay. I mean, Hearts haven't won an away Scottish Cup tie since March 2012. There was another That's tweet that went up last That's night that the only seven, last year seven years... Didn't, the didn't only, win an away Cup tie last year either. The months. only um, away match that Hearts have won without Stephen Naismith since, I don't know, towards the end of 2017 or something like that, was 2-1 away at Cove. And we had to field <laughs> an ineligible player to win that. <laughs> Yeah, Yikes. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite something. Uh, quite uh, on the on the subject of quite something uh, was Joe Cardo's fresh air swing the greatest fresh air swing of all time. <laughs> that's, he's just back from injury. That's a shame on him. That must have hurt. <laughs> I do. I do find it. Uh, there was a guy on on Pine Bovro who literally missed. He was saying he missed most of the end of the game because he was trying to learn how to make a gif, <laughs> which, which I really enjoyed because he saw it, thought it was great. He was like. 
people need to see this. Everybody <laughs> needs to see this. Uh, which I very much enjoyed as well. I also really enjoyed uh, the Hearts Young team and the Ultras directly behind the dugouts because it looked amazing. When did they get a drum? I don't remember Hearts fans having a drum before. Maybe that's what Mother I'm not at many Hearts games. Maybe, maybe it's where Motherwell's drum ended up. Maybe Aki sold it to them. I've no idea. <laughs> sold that to buy George Oakley or something. <laughs> it is quite... I mean, it's a good, again, pretty good going, given the, the Hearts seem to have had this route to the final where people are going, this way, this way come exactly, on, this yeah, way. You've got Livingston, Auchinleck, uh, Party Thistle and, and Cali Thistle. And, we, and, you know, you can't pick and choose who you get in the cup, but it's, it's like just this way and they keep wandering off the beaten path and looking at other For things. a guy that's never won a trophy before, Levine will never have a better chance. And again, surely, surely... Surely, Hearts can see their way past Partick Thistle. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think Surely, so even though we've um, had some terrible results at home in the last couple of years uh, and recently, surely we'll beat that Thistle side. Surely, you can overcome Inverness in the semi-final. And by that, that point, I'm not sure about. By that point, <laughs> I mean that that, could, that game could go on for about three weeks as they try and decide who's got to win it. Just endless penalties <laughs> and endless draws, um, but. If they get to the final, by that point, will every Hearts player that's been injured over the past like eight months finally all be fit at the same time as well? Which is a good few months away. Even if, even even if scrape, even if they scrape through Inverness, just wrap everybody, stop playing anybody, play the Hearts reserves, um, try and pick up some from Dundee United, see if you can get them in on loan, and then chuck or them get Gary O'Connor <laughs> in as a nutrition coach. Yes, yes, exactly <laughs> that, exactly that. See if you can. Teaches some something about blood, um, really. But yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's alleged. <laughs> but yeah, my my overwhelming takeaway from the game was just it was an unbelievable number of passes played into people's hips. <laughs> so I've never I've never seen more players try to control balls at hip height, um, which was just remarkable, absolutely sensational stuff. Right, do we have anything else on that? All done. Smashing. Uh, right, thanks very much for listening. Um, as always. Uh, as I said earlier, we're off to record the Patreon. We are going to discuss the two uh, top flight fixtures from the weekend, um, which we save for the Patreon because they're so exciting. Um, <laughs> and I think we're going to do a quick uh, lower league winners and losers in there as well. So again, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for tuning in on a Tuesday. Uh, we're sorry it's not on a Monday, but it seemed the, the best place to go. So we shall speak to you soon, Craig. Cheers. Speak to you soon, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.